What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark is in. We will batten down the hatches in hopes for baseball tonight. Some thoughts on Nebraska Creighton, the opportunity for the Big Red and Coach Bolton Company. We'll get there. Some more on spring football. Mr. Dawson, come on down. We'll hear from Coach Dawson on that D-line. It is vital for Nebraska in 2022 to have uh, as good of or better defensive line uh, with what they had a year ago. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic in about 20 minutes or so. Rick Kaczynski in uh, about an hour and a half. A Tuesday with Kaz can join us and plenty of room for you today. Numbers to dial up at 466 5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Connor Clark in at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Just just those underscores. You got to keep them uh, cognizant. Get you every time. They do. They do. At C underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor Clark. You can email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Pretty good write up on ESPN.com. And I want to start with this. Let's start with the topic of surprise, right? When I think of surprises, I think of the good and the bad. Oh, surprise, uh, there's a a dog that you now have in your home that is a little crazy. Oh, surprise, I got you uh, some cufflinks. Ah, surprise, your team is putting a run together in the NCAA tournament. They are Cinderella, and they made it to the Elite Eight. Surprise, you are pegged to win the division. You're 15 games under 500, and it's a fire sale uh, before the trading deadline. There's all sorts of good and bad surprises. Surprise, Aaron Donald's a 15th pick overall, but should have gone number one. (laughs) He was a couple inches too short and probably 15 pounds too heavy uh, coming out of pit. So all those sorts of different surprises. That's kind of the beauty and the maddening part of sports. So what... What to you as a Nebraska fan constitutes surprise for Nebraska football in 2022? You'd be surprised if dot, dot, dot. And to be honest with you, as Nebraska's a focal point of this college football roundtable, which teams will be the biggest surprise in 2022, I think we – I don't expect Nebraska – to go a fifth year consecutively. Maybe they've already done it. It's blurred, forgive me. But uh, 2016 is, well, geez, we're going, I almost slipped there. We're we're going almost six seasons. (laughs) Great catch. Uh, We're almost going on six seasons in this state 
of, of no postseason, right? So to me, the surprise would be Nebraska not finding a way to get to bowl eligibility. I've said that a year ago. I've said that two years ago. I said that in 2019, okay? And based off of the the mesh and the mess of, of 2018, old staff, new staff, transition point, hey, uh, anything's up for grabs. It can be uh, 2008, you finish 9-4, and four, you beat Clemson in a bowl game with what you inherited and, and you know, what, what type of – uh, dinner you made out of the groceries that were in the uh, the old pantry, or it can be uh, a tough start but a good finish, like 2018 was, that that gave some hope and optimism and momentum for Nebraska fans for 2019, and then things went went sideways. My surprise would be is if Nebraska's at two and two or worse. All right, and the 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 deadline that that Trev has set the contract negotiation deadline in that October bye week, I'd be surprised if that's an issue next year. Now, what's my proof? Don't have any. Maybe it's a little bit of blind faith, but I think with what's been on on the roster, and I know there's new. I know there's new, 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 and and it's a lot to ask to be an elite team. It's probably a lot to to ask to even be a good team. But I think they can be a better football team. Now, spring's got to finish out. you got to stay injury-free. Guys got to lock in in the summer. And you, you got to get off on the right foot over in Ireland. But I think they'll, they'll have the talent and they have some of the playmakers to, to do it. Uh, now, the lines of scrimmage are always important. And, and you don't know if you've got some dudes that can step in and, and thrive in their role. I, I think they will. But... From a depth part, we'll get into that in hour two. That's going to be very key because you had it last year. You had a lot of depth on the defensive line. But when I think of surprise in Nebraska football, the surprise has been the underachievement, the falling short, the five and seven, the three and nine, the four and eights, where you just go down the list of, of one score games and tight ball games. That's been the surprise that they haven't finally figured it out. You have a new quarterback. You have a new offensive coordinator. You've got some veteran coaches. Uh, to me, it'd be more of a surprise if they don't find a way to postseason, Connor, next year. That's where I fit in on this surprise discussion. There's some other programs and some other teams that will either step up or drift back. But I think Nebraska's poised for finally maybe living up to what the folks in Vegas think with the over-under win total. They've been around that six or seven number. Nebraska's been a good enough team uh, with some attention to detail that they're a six or seven win team two of the last three years. Honestly, that's they, they're the ones that have underachieved. That's been the surprise. It's, it's not just that they've fallen short, but how they've continued to fall short in the same maddening way. I think you've got uh, a bit. You, you clearly have a shakeup on your offensive staff. Uh, there's more delegation going on, and you got a guy that's played some college football, and uh, in, in Casey Thompson with a little bit more vocal leadership. And I think maybe that's where this this team needs, and uh, we'll see where it shakes up. But the the emphasis is going to be uh, tough football, power football, and uh, that will fit in 
uh, well in the Big Ten. Can they do it's the question. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think I would I would be surprised if they did get out of the first four games at two and two. Um, in, in a negative way, like what yeah, the hell? Yeah, in a, ba- in a bad way. And I think another bad surprise for me, just as a season as a whole, if they don't reach I'm – not, I'm not even going to say bull eligibility here. I'm going to say five wins because – I think, as you mentioned, the the teams in the past handful of years have been good enough to make a bowl game. You mentioned it shouldn't have come down to Iowa needing that six. No, it shouldn't. And <laughs> I mean, it it just keeps coming down to that. Though at the same time, it's I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about it. I think the the spring game may tell me a little bit more. But I told myself going into this off season that I'm going to be extremely, I guess harsh for lack of a better term you're, like, you're, you're done getting your heart broke exactly because <laughs> you you won three games last year but you were zero and seven in one scored i guess yeah one score game flip that around for the love of god well and that and that brings me to a positive surprise i'd be surprised if nebraska wins eight or more games next year okay that would so, be a good so your so your surprise is okay they're they're at eight knocking on nine and contending in the west yeah if they're running the table in the west division that would be a good surprise i don't i, I think you survive the west i think you survive the i'll Big take ten if, if you're not ohio state or penn state or even michigan because as good as wisconsin is and we're talking nine ten eleven wins a year or minnesota they're not so bulletproof right iowa they're not so bulletproof that they don't I mean, look at how Iowa finished, and this isn't like smacking on them. It's they started off great, and then what what happened? Purdue drills them, right? right. I mean, they they limp to the finish when they're staring at ten and zero, three in the country, and and that that's to their credit that they got to ten and zero and had some big wins, some wow wins. But I mean, to to finish and survive it. I mean, even look at Michigan. Michigan was an incredible squad last year. They had a an impressive uh, performance against Iowa. I mean, that was that was a wow exclamation point, forty-two to three. And, you know, Iowa got to a Big Ten title game again. But even so, I mean, Michigan just gets drilled in the college football playoff. There's still that gap. That I, that was a surprise that Michigan kind of finally finally delivered. I'm not at that point right now where, you know, I'm I'm waiting for Nebraska to to falter again i guess there's always some optimism on my part that it'll get better and now there's some proof with yeah they're serious about some change of direction with some some staff changes with some personnel i think the portal's been great for nebraska and they've been fantastic with their acquisitions does it translate you know you look at the schedule northwestern north dakota georgia southern oklahoma bye week indiana then Rutgers and Purdue and I mean I look at the schedule right now and the finish is a bit murderous I mean it's it's Minnesota it's Michigan it's Wisconsin it's Iowa I'd be surprised if they end up three and one in November I'd be surprised if they end up two and two can you can you find a win in November assuming you you're not in disarray because of changes before you get there so the topic of surprise Exceeding expectations, falling short of expectations, and 
when I look at expectations, the expectation every year, every single year is to go to a bowl game if you're Nebraska. The expectation used to be nine wins. Fight for that Orange Bowl. It's a different time, different era, different neighborhood, and Nebraska's got to start being Nebraska again. So I'm thinking from an expectation and a surprise standpoint, I'd be surprised if they're not finally getting to that seven-win number and they're better in close games just because of the changes you've made and uh, you've got some more seasoned guys on staff. I mean, we talk special teams, right? How many games has that cost you in the Frost era? That that seems and needs to be fixed as there was a monster eye roll from one Connor Clark when I say the, the dirty S-word, special teams. John's with us on Hale Varsity. John, go ahead. John ejected because his phone hates him. Uh, 466-377-6800-825-5865. He well, said he had a business meeting in five minutes. I didn't think he'd bounce on us that quick. It's all right. Business is business. Good for him. Love it. Now, I mean, surprise is there. I'd be surprised if Michigan replicates last year. I'd be surprised if uh, Oklahoma State's as good as they were last year, getting to a Fiesta Bowl. They lost their defensive coordinator. I'd be surprised if Notre Dame, uh, tran- uh, their transitions as as good or better than last season. And quite honestly, I'd be surprised if LSU hits the ground running. Uh, with Oklahoma, there's there's no way. I mean, Oklahoma may be staring at 8-4 and four for the first time in a while because of all of their transition and departures. I'd be surprised if SC dirt rolls everybody and, and gets to the college football playoff in a year. I mean, to me, that's that's maybe it's the expectation because of the paycheck, but I think that's probably too soon. So surprise can be a good thing or, or a bad thing. Think of the surprises in your life. Think of Cousin Eddie, right? Trying to fake the surprise. Clark's going to take care of me and my family for Christmas. They're in the Walmart aisle. They're picking up 75 pounds of dog food for snots. It's a real nice surprise. Clark, real nice. Yeah, it's real nice. And you hear the, the, the back cracking because of Eddie's frame hugging Clark. And, and, and Eddie, come on, man. He knew it was going to happen. He had a list ready. <laughs> <laughs> Here you And Clark, get you something self real nice. <laughs> Just for you. On you, for you. From me. We need to get that as like a soundbite to just throw that in here now. Real. Yeah, we could do it. We could do that. But I don't know. I, I don't expect drama. You, God, you can't. You hope it's not drama with a, a poor start and disarray on offense and defense. And quite honestly, you know, Nebraska football needs to stabilize. They've needed to stabilize for a lot of years. I think they have stability despite transition and go with me here because of who's been brought in with a Mickey Joseph, with a Bill Bush, with a, with the Riola, with a Whipple. All right. With a Casey Thompson. I mean, he's, I know his record's not incredible, but he has performed at a high level at a lot of games. It hadn't been all him or just him. He's been the, he's been the reason Texas was in a lot of ball games because of his play and he played hurt. He played through it. You got a running back room now with Applewhite that they're going to really drill down on three guys and and find some dudes that can can move the ball. 
They're going to get downhill. They're going to fire out the football. They're going to be physical. It's not that Nebraska has not been physical, but I think you're going to see, I don't want to say less spread, but I think you're going to see more power. I think you're going to see more under center. I think you're going to see more eye formation downhill, which will be good. And and that with, with the changes made on offense, that won't be a surprise to me. I think the surprise you can think about for Nebraska is I think it'll be hard to replicate your, your defensive line. I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be a liability. I just think you're going to need guys to either pop early or grow up quick, and that's a big ask, right? And we'll get into some part-time versus all the time uh, from Coach Dawson. Mitch Sherman's on the way. Great to be with you. To Tuesday, it's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, big ball game tonight for you? Weather permitting, we've got uh, some rain that's supposed to be rolling in, colder temperatures, wind, but we're going to try to get this uh, season opener in. Yay or nay, if I would have stopped and, and said hi to Mitch Sherman while driving through Gretna last night on my mm-hmm. way to Millard West, would you have provided me with uh, a sleeping bag or an extra parka because I froze last night? Yeah, you should have. You should have. Uh, you should have let me know. I'm a little off the, off the path, straight coming through Gretna, but you can get to me easily. And uh, next time you have that situation, um, I'm uh, I'm here for your assistance. I had a similar experience Sunday when I stepped outside uh, before a practice, thinking that it felt great, the sun was shining, and uh, 15 minutes into the practice, uh, I learned that. I was mistaken, and it was bitterly cold, windy, and uh, had frozen fingers to come, including my own. Hopefully not a repeat tonight. No, I I hope you guys get it in. Uh, Assuming baseball happens tonight, let's start with Nebraska-Creighton. And uh, just been a tough go for for Coach Bolt and and Nebraska. Mitch, uh, you know, we, we know the pitching's been inconsistent. We know the hitting's been inconsistent. We know the defense has not been as bulletproof yeah. as, as past year. So those are three phases. What what could a good outing do tonight for Nebraska? Could it be a, a spark for them, or is it just doesn't matter who's on the docket? This is this is big. It's Creighton. It's Nebraska. Uh, that said, could could this get things going in the right direction if if it gets in? It's a confidence boost, and and you know it would be a confidence boost if Nebraska can go into into downtown Omaha and win a game. Um, and I would say don't lose sight of you know, what 
the reason that you play the game, and if you're, if you're at Nebraska, a big part of, of um, you know, your goal every year, yeah, I mean, priority number one is, is to do well in the Big Ten and, and make a run at the postseason. Um, but, but having success against Creighton is, is on that list, too, and it's pretty high up that list. So this is one area that Nebraska hasn't uh, messed up yet this year. It hasn't had the opportunity to. So by all means, put everything you've got into this game. I recognize that it's not going to have any impact on Nebraska's ability to make the postseason, which is disappointing because you want this game to have those kind of implications. Both programs do. Um, in Nebraska's case, definitely, and I would think Creighton, too, that that path is going to have to come through conference play. But um, this is an important game. Um, and something that can that can mean a lot for uh, the confidence of Bo Bolt's team. Are, are you shocked with with the way Nebraska is going nine and thirteen right now? Did you expect better? I definitely expected better. I thought that it, I, I I wasn't shocked by the team getting off to a slow start in Texas. Um, I, I thought they would shake out a bit when they got back to the state of Nebraska and started playing some games. Um, in, in uh, the friendly confines. Um, and, you know, we saw a movement in that direction with a series of walk-off wins. But then, you know, the disappointment last weekend, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, and then opening conference play with, with um, you know, on a good note, with a win against Michigan, but to lose the Saturday-Sunday, um, you know, that was a repeat from the week before, and, and definitely disappointing. Um, there's no other way to spin it. Yeah, I'm, real, I'm really surprised. Um, I thought that there were enough pieces, you know, in the in the in the dugout on the field, within the coaching staff from last year. You know, not blind to the fact that Nebraska had lost a ton of its leadership and production from that 2021 team, but I thought there were enough pieces and carryover and um, you know equity in the program on the part of the of the people inside that they would find a way to um, you know to build on that season of a year ago, and and you know that's. That's just not the that's not, that's not the season that Nebraska's having. Not to say that it's it's lost and that that it can't turn things around. I mean, clearly there's still time left to make a run in the Big Ten and do some good things and, and even make the postseason. But um, it's not going to be the kind of year where you look at it and you say, okay, they had 21 where they got to a regional and almost won it, and then they built on that in 22. It's going to be a, have to be a different path for this team if it if it hopes to achieve any any kind of Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch going to go to spring ball and uh, don't have any new info on on Xavier Betts, but that's been one story from last week. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it mm-hmm. until now, but wanted to kind of get your your takeaway, your reaction to the, the Betts news, and just you know what. Uh, What's you what you foresee uh, in, the, in the future here? Just a parting of ways, or just kind of wait and see? Yeah, I think the um, I, I don't think a reunion looks likely at this point. I, I think that they've parted ways, and you know, there's there's not really an expectation on on the part of either side that they're going to to find a path back together. Um, and that's disappointing for Nebraska. Um, it's it's um, yeah it's it's just you, you don't like you don't like to see it but at the same time you know you, you want you want to see what's best I think for Xavier and you know he's he's um, 
you know, he's unsure, I guess, about his football future. That's that, I guess that's about the best way I can put it. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding, you know, a, a take on this. They've had a separation. Um, this was not forced on him. Um, it, it, it was, it was his, his choice. Um, and, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't, but I also don't want to paint it, you know, like he's having some great struggle or anything. I don't, I don't have any indication that that's the case. Uh, I, you know, I, I think he's, he's just trying to find his place. And, you know, right now and probably uh, down the road, that place is not going to include Nebraska football. So uh, definitely wish him the best. You know, that, that kind of a life, that kind of, a, of, a, of, a, of an everyday existence is not for everyone. And um, it, it, Xavier certainly has the skills to be able to make it work. But if it's not in him to, to, to be in this program every day and to, to work toward the goal that all of those guys are working toward, then that's no knock against him. I, I just, you just want to see him you know, find the place that he needs to be. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic. Mitch was spending some time uh, listening to, to Coach Dawson's post game. Or I should say post-practice, I'm already in game mode, Mitch, forgive me. But uh, that transition from a sometimes guy to an all-the-time guy, not just with habits, but with, you know, mm-hmm. confidence and being able to go out and perform. And and you have a guy that, that made the, the sometimes to all-the-time transition and a guy like Robinson last year. You, you've seen really some splash mm-hmm. plays by Casey Rogers in that sometimes role. So those are two guys, obviously, we think about on the defensive side. Garrett Nelson's uh, uh, pretty secure with uh, with where he's come from. And Caleb Tanner's a guy that we, we all expect to get a lot of snaps and see kind of the cherry on top with his career and his season. There's some defensive linemen I'm going to throw out. Obviously, Polar Bear, Nash Hudmacher, Marquise Black, Roquan Buckley, and, and Jalen Weaver. I'm interested to get your gauge, your read, on that next crop of, of D linemen, of those names, do you think one of those guys could be uh, an all the time guy as Dawson talks about going into 2022? I think you should throw Mosai Newsom, um, who did an interview yesterday into that group with that, with those others, um, Hutmacher included, and, and then Colton Feast also, who's kind of the leader of the, of the walk-ons, the more veteran guys um, who aren't on scholarship. And I don't think Nebraska in any way afraid to go with somebody like feast mm-hmm. if if you know he's giving it uh you know if he's got more to give than than the younger players who could be more talented or bigger or you know came on scholarship you know that whole group um and i put nash probably uh, a little bit ahead of where the others are but that whole group um he did dawson did talk about habits and he talked about uh not just habits on the field but you know creating habits of, of making sure you're in your in, in your class when you're supposed to be, making sure that you know you're taking care of the, the nutrition part of things the way that you're supposed to be, and then those habits will lead to habits on the practice field, which will lead to the ability to play consistently on Saturdays. So it seems to me, um, you know, along with some other comments that he made, uh, that Dawson made yesterday, um, that there are ways away with that depth. And he feels good, as he should, about the first four. Uh, Nelson, as you mentioned, Nelson and Tanner on the edge. Um, and then Rodgers and, um, 
and Robinson on the inside. But those guys can't play every play. You know, this isn't like uh, running back or wide receiver. Um, you know, they, they, they need depth. They need to be able to sub guys in. And, and, that, and that's without even talking about injuries. So you got Nash um, and, and then, you know, a big bunch of players who need to grow up. Um, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but they, they, they just they have to find have to find their 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 spots uh, quickly um, because it's four months until the open of, of preseason camp. And I don't think that they feel comfortable with their depth right now on the defensive line beyond one or two players. Mitch, a uh, couple of thoughts uh, with you here. Mitch Sherman from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, we've hit on some Husker baseball. We've talked some spring football. Let's talk money and the athletic reporting, what what numbers could be for the Big Ten and the SEC by 2029 if there is a 12-team playoff expansion. What do you do and how do you put the the projected $101 million to use if you're a Big Ten team? That's the number associated with uh, every Big Ten school. Uh, by 2029, we're talking 117 million dollars for the SEC. I mean, that's that's it's been good now, but it's going to be a, a tsunami of money, not just a river of money. Well, I'm sure it'll equate to uh, you know even more competitive coaching salaries. It seems to be where that's 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 uh, where a lot of that money goes. Obviously, facilities, schools pour money back into facilities, and we see Nebraska doing that right now with. You know, upwards of 110 of the 165 million that are devoted to that North Stadium expansion project coming through athletic department funds. Um, you know, they'll be able to uh, they'll be able to cover that in, entirely. You know, you know, avoid having any kind of debt. And I, you know, and I think if you're in that situation where those projections turn out to be true, um, you know, those two conferences, the schools in those two conferences, are are, are just going to be a, a wash in cash and. Uh, you can start to, <laughs> you know, it, you can start to not worry at all about some of the some of the things that have generated great headlines. Not great, but uh, have, <laughs> I, I use that word wrong. Um, have generated big headlines for Nebraska over the past, you know, couple of decades with the amount of money the Huskers have had to spend to buy out athletic directors and coaches. And you know, who's to say they may not be back in that spot again? Um, you know, right now they've got coaches who are. Uh, taking restructured deals, um, but there's still big numbers out there in buyouts. Uh, all of that stuff um, is impacted by the money that comes in through your multimedia right. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio few minutes here. Mitch Sherman continues on with us from the Athletic with Hale Vaughn City Radio. Yes, I'm sure they'll 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 be creative and they'll find ways. You know, we saw the survey that Trev Alberts and the Athletic Department sent out this winter um, about all of the potential improvements that could be coming to Memorial Stadium. 
well, you know, here's a bunch of money potentially coming down the line that that's that's going to be in in your athletic department um, that can help make uh, a lot of those visions uh, become reality. So um, if Nebraska is getting those big paydays and it seems like it will as a member of the Big Ten, then, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they will be equipped and ready um, to spend that money on things to to uh, to help uh, help the fan experience, uh, improve the fan experience and to uh, you know continue to strive to make their programs more competitive. Royals baseball is uh, Bobby Witt Jr. on the opening day roster. You got a pretty tasty lineup right now yeah. with the Royals with Mondesi and Lopez and Dozier. I mean, yeah. you got to be smiling, dude. I mean, part of me wants to see him down the road at Warner Park, but um, you know, not if he can help Kansas City. So I think he is. I mean, the Royals optioned uh, Melendez and Prado. There are other two top prospects to AAA yesterday, and uh, Witt's name was conspicuously absent from that <laughs> list. So, uh, you know, I think a, a promotion to the 40-man roster is, is in the works, and you're going to see him in the opening day lineup. I, I, um, you know, I, I guess overall I hope that's the case because he's such a, an exciting uh, prospect, but uh, um, it would be it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, for me to drive ten minutes from home and and see him uh, hit a few more home runs. No, I know. I mean, thirty three and in a hundred RBI is pretty sweet. But uh, you like going to Kansas City, dude? I know you do. <laughs> it's just more reason for me to get down to Coffin Stadium. Yeah, Mitch, we'll talk soon. Thanks for your time today. All right, thanks, Chris. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. Uh, we will spend time in hour two on Coach Dawson. And the, the the defensive line for Nebraska, we were talking surprises. Where does Nebraska fit into that landscape of surprise for college football 2022? And could the D-line want to be, be one of the surprising units? We'll explore that. Rick Kaczynski is coming up at 525. A Tuesday with Kaz. Open phones now till well, now till about 520. You want to jump in? Go for it. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt. At C underscore Clark underscore 27 for Connor Clark. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. The weather forecast is so-so. When you look at uh, baseball tonight over at TD, and I know it's the, – the, the, the title has changed, right? I mean, it's – Charles T- Schwab. Yeah, the, the Schwab the, – uh, Stump the Schwab, right? So Charles Schwab Park, but it's still TD to me. We'll be up there for CWS games, of course. But So, Nebraska-Creighton, you, you have Creighton that started out 0-4, and they've reeled off uh, 10 of their last 12, so they're playing good ball. Nebraska at 9-13. Uh, missed opportunities Saturday, put a ton of pressure on Sunday, and you had minimal offensive performance. This is the reality with the team that was supposed to have more bop in their lineup. And Nebraska right now on pace to have the second lowest scoring lineup for Nebraska in the past 46 years. Five runs a game, 5.3 specifically, uh, is not good. Uh, It's below average in key metrics. When we look at on-base percentage, slugging percentage, steals. So, yeah, from a comparison standpoint where you have this low of an offensive output and it was okay, well, you had uh, the 2015 Huskers that still managed a 34-23 and 23 record. That team had a top-five defense. This team does not. 
That team had a top 25 staff ERA. This team does not. The Huskers are, well, they've fallen back, quite frankly, when it comes to fielding percentage ERA. They've been inconsistent. Team batting average is just 271 with runners in scoring position. So Nebraska, because of their personnel a year ago, found ways. Max Anderson put it best, and Steve Marek echoed this last night when we talked with him about Husker baseball. Uh, the 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 approach has been more hero ball, and I'm I'm a fan of getting up there and swinging out of your cleats, but you got to connect. Even if you're going one for one for four, that connection's going to have to be extra bases and and bring some of the ducks on the pond home. Uh, Jeledek, the freshman from Bell West, is going to make his first career start. Uh, just one run and two and two thirds in forty pitches Friday against Michigan. So. See if he can keep the hot hand. Jays have some momentum. They're marketably better in fielding uh, than Nebraska. Their staff ERA is 410, which isn't awful. That's nearly top 50. They have guys that get on base. Uh, they have found a way to, to get hot. That means sweeping Minnesota. That means winning against Wichita State. So their strength of schedule has been impressive, and they've won those opportunities Colton, uh, Colton, wrong guy, sorry. Uh, I've had a lot of C's through my time. Uh, Connor, have you had a chance to call uh, any of the Nebraska? Have you done mostly softball? Uh, I haven't gotten to call a baseball game yet. I got a softball game on Sunday, but I was able to watch some of the baseball games on on this weekend Mm -hmm. against Michigan. And as you mentioned, it's it's a lot of the inconsistencies and then a, a lot of Swinging for the fences, and I, again, I know that, I mean, it's fine if you, if you hit the ball, obviously, but <laughs> you want to stray away from the small ball, that, I get it, that's a different approach, and it, it seemed promising, I like the way the team bounced back after giving up four straight home runs on yeah, Friday Yeah, they won, 13-9, yeah, they, they, they just rolled they their sleeves up. Yeah, and they fought back on Saturday, too, they found themselves down three runs, they fought back and tied it going into the ninth, and then Michigan... Woke up again on the offensive side. And well, they put a ball respond. in play, and he didn't make a play on the middle infield right. that opened the floodgates. Right. So it's just it's little things like that, and as you mentioned, just consistency across the board. And I know you lose a lot of big guys, Swellenbach, Hallmark, you know, a lot of guys that really helped this team get to where they did last year. But at the same time, you're you're going to be a younger, a less experienced unit, but you got to find that groove of consistency sooner rather than later if you want to have the success that a lot of people think that you can have and a lot of Husker fans envision this team having. Well, the reality is this team hasn't played in three years. That's nuts to think about. Uh, you had the 2020 season canceled. You had the God love you, Big Ten. That's sarcasm. The league-only 2021 mandate due to COVID, and you've got 28 guys graduate from Nebraska high schools on these rosters, 20 now in Lincoln. So you have uh, Nebraska infielder Jack Steele and Creighton's uh, Turberic uh, who face each other uh, throughout high school, right, uh, attending Ron Colley, uh, and then also their time uh, in Stone Cold, Minnesota, or Cold Springs. So... Listen, there's familiarity, there's wanting to beat your buddy, or dare I say a rival, uh, and, and get the better. So, 
We'll get back to some football thoughts. Uh, Coach Dawson weighs in on that young defensive line, the reps they're getting. Does it translate? We'll wind down hour one. 466-3776-800-825-5865 with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark can email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. Interesting uh, from the Senate. Yeah, I'm talking government here. Just don't glaze over. Bear with me here. There's a bill introduced today to cut the statute of limitations on violations that can be investigated by the NCAA from four to two years with an eye toward overhauling and streamlining the NCAA infractions process. You had uh, Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee, Cory Booker from Jersey, a Democrat. Uh, They would threaten the association with a fine of up to $15 million and the removal of any member of the NCAA's governing body if these guidelines were violated. A similar bill introduced to the House in November. It's limiting investigations uh, and violations that occurred no more than two years before the school is given notice of investigation. The bill also contains other due process restrictions, including forcing the NCAA to provide a notice of allegations no more than eight months after a school's notified uh, in its underlying investigation and to hold a hearing on the case no earlier than 60 days. So hurry the bleep up. Also, the bill states that no information from confidential sources may be offered into evidence or or uh, or form the basis of any decision. So, I think cheating is, well, it's wrong, clearly. It's frowned upon if you're caught. I think everyone's got a little dirt. Those that are smarter get away with it. That's how it's typically been with your, your high-level programs. Two... I, I don't mind this. I don't hate this, that they're they're hurrying it up. Listen, you've got you got a, a shot clock that's two hours in the making, not four years. Now, this we're still waiting on, is, is Kansas going to get, you know, Chris Rocked or not? Yes or no with the, the FBI stuff. I mean, Arizona's lost a head coach. LSU's lost a head coach. And I like Bill Self. I like Kansas. I hope Kansas wins the whole damn thing. That being said, that's who I think of when we talk about this timeline, this timetable. I mean, how long can something linger? And the NCAA, what, what can they threaten you with now? I mean, they're they're out of they've absolutely moved out of the way of any type of roadblock now that NIL's there. I mean, they're just trying to keep their meal ticket, which is the NCAA tournament, and their TV contracts, and continue to make money as a nonprofit. They're out the window. They're, they have given up. They have waved the white flag when it comes to trying to be the, the rule enforcer. and rule. They'll continue to make rules, right? But there's no enforcement anymore. I mean, it's, it's Wild West. All bets are off. There's, there's the portal and there's NIL. <laughs> they have laid their weapons down. But this would be kind of the fi- final nail 
at least to get them to get their stuff together and make it make it a reality that okay if you don't have enough personnel and you get all these reports you get cheating and you know that there's something that needs to be investigated you've got two months to do it period and then you 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 can't continue to cut deals and take anonymous sources and use it as gospel i don't hate this uh hour two either way thoughts on nebraska and what constitutes a surprise to you for 2022 pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity dot com backslash subscribe promo code gbr welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Coming up here in about 20 minutes, Rick Kaczynski will be with us Tuesday with Kaz. Get his take on the D-line and kind of making that jump from sometimes to all the time. That was touched on by Coach Dawson. Numbers to dial up 466-377-6800-825-5865. The ESPN roundtable that piqued our interest to start the show and I want to get your thoughts as well. What would constitute a surprise or would fall under that definition? I'm surprised if Nebraska football does dot, dot, dot in 2022. Now, there's the obvious college football playoff take out there. There's the obvious offer. It You know, uh, it can't get much worse than a one for eight in conference last year or the way – Things broke down and you lost a, a bevy of one-score games. So you have teams that are mentioned. Of course, Iowa State, North Carolina, they were both preseason top 10 teams that finished 7-6 and six and 6-7. Six and seven. Michigan got into the college football playoff for the first time. That was a surprise. Everyone was ready to pack Harbaugh's U-Haul with his contract restructuring. Uh, common thoughts, LSU and A&M, they're ready to make the jump. Brian Kelly's going to make it all right on the Bayou and Jimbo and company were right there. The Pirates getting some love. Maybe Mississippi State's a dark horse college football playoff push. That's a lot to ask to win the West, but 9-10 wins at Mississippi State. He could pull that off, I think, uh, and, and miss the playoff. Clemson and Miami and uh, A&M are all playing one another. <laughs> so is, is, my, is the U going to be back? We can hope not. But no. Nebraska comes up, right? Nebraska comes up, David Hale, college football insider with ESPN, says, look, expectations are relative. Odds are most Nebraska fans expect their team to be better than the Vegas oddmakers do. True. Mostly because fans aren't required to be reasonable. I don't think this is a nece- this is necessarily a 10-win team, 
with a shot at the Big Ten title, but it's certainly a bowl team, potentially one that could make a run in the West Division. As awful as 3-9 and nine was a year ago, 1-8 and eight in conference play, the Huskers looked every bit as unlucky as they were bad. That's fair. So, <laughs> how much of of 3 and 9 was bad versus unlucky. I'll say I'll say they were bad in special teams. They were bad with some red zone. Right? I'll say bad's a that bad's kind of a an ulti, you know uh, an absolute. But they were they were they were bad in punting the football last year. They were bad in in field position. I don't think they were bad defensively. I think they wore down. I don't think they were bad running the football because stats say, look, you almost have 200 yards a game. That's not bad, but truth be told, you couldn't run it when you had to, right? Were they, were they bad at taking care of the football? Yeah, they were really bad at taking care of the football in some key moments. There was a turnover in overtime against Sparty. There was the, uh, <laughs> there was the, the fumble against Michigan, right? You had the red zone interception. That didn't end up hurting you, but time's always ticking. There's the goal line situation against Minnesota. They were, they made enough bad plays to help the unluckiness. I think they went hand in hand. They're shaking hands. It, it's the the old meme you see on Twitter, where uh, Sylvester Stallone and Apollo Creed are, are are arm wrestling. All right, they're they're joining hands together. Unlucky and bad met a lot of Saturdays in Lincoln. Well, yeah, because if you if you can't execute, obviously things aren't going to go your way. So I think that is completely fair to say that they're bad, which causes them to be, in quotes, unlucky. I From a game perspective, I think that, and, and these are the two games that I'll point out, that I think Nebraska was bad. Illinois, which I think a lot of people can agree on, and Minnesota. Because... And the reason why I say Minnesota, and I know they had a chance to win that game. First half was garbage. And the reason why I was super upset about it was because it it was the game after Michigan. And that's a game in which you played a a pretty good ball game. Almost enough to win, brother. Almost enough to win. And almost the entire time. But the, the point is, you gave yourself a shot against a college football playoff team at home you were three points short and then that's the next game and you could you the hangover was real in that first half <laughs> that that was spring break hangover bad that was yeah after your 21st birthday party bad yeah and then they finally woke up a little bit in the second half I'm like all right well maybe they can squeak one out here and it just didn't happen and I think that Minnesota game and that Illinois game are the two like if you want to go from a game standpoint those are the two mm. that stick out to me as bad because the other ones, I mean, you you destroy Fordham, you destroy Northwestern, you handle Buffalo pretty well, and you're close in everything else. You're close against the Buckeyes. You're close against Michigan. You almost beat Wisconsin on the road. You should have beaten Iowa. You're good enough to win against playoff team, against you know Blue Blood Ohio State. Right. Sparty's a 10-win, 11-win football team. Iowa's right there. And they were bad with from you know the the safety in the end zone or the the nine yard kick or the 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 punt block against Iowa for the love of God, 
Or, or even the, the blocked extra point against Oklahoma. Yeah, How much of a point, momentum sink oh, to that? That two-point turnaround. I mean, we're, we're just pouring salt here. Forgive me. But when it comes to unlucky or bad, I mean, it, it feeds into one another. I mean, when you think about turnover, turnover margin, red zone efficiency, special teams, you can be bad in one of those things and, and still go bowling. But to, to have all three help out, ugh. Just be middle of the pack. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. So, to me, when we talk surprises for 2022, yeah, I'd be surprised if Nebraska wins the West. I'm not going to be surprised if they're in contention. They're supposed to be in contention. And I'm not crazy to think. I think Trev Alberts has nailed it. It's, It's a different world. Not only haven't you beat Purdue consistently or Minnesota consistently or Iowa in 100 years or Wisconsin since the ugly uniform game, right? You haven't, you have one winning record, and I believe that's against Illinois in the Frost era. And that's exactly the reason, and I, I know the Frost era, but that's exactly the reason why I would be surprised if they are in, in contention for the West, because you mentioned you haven't beaten Iowa in a gajillion years. You haven't beaten Wisconsin in a gajillion years. That's not all under Scott Frost. No, that's under but, multiple coaching regimes. No, it, it is. But I'm talking your your life in the West since 18 hasn't been good. Right. You've lost to Illinois a lot. You've escaped More, Illinois yeah. a lot. All right. When you have beat them, except for that first year, Purdue's had your number. You've been better there than than you have at home. Minnesota's responded. They've won three straight since you put up half a hundred on him. So I think it's a, I think it's an underrated division. Purdue's probably going to be your favorite. I think Iowa's going to be okay. And Wisconsin's Wisconsin. Minnesota's always it's a dog dangerous. Fight. It is. And, and with, with the, the pig farmer at Illinois, they, 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 they almost won six games last year. They were five and they were, seven. They were good enough to yeah, win six games. Absolutely. Sure. So it, it's not any easier, but I look at Nebraska and my surprise would be if they don't finally get over the hump. My, that is my surprise for Nebraska in 2022, that they don't start off on a good foot. They don't start off confidently. They don't start off with some of this experience and veteran coaching helping the overall body of the program get over the hump. Some experienced seasoned coaches making it easier and better and helping, in some instances, mentor your head coach to be all right in crunch time because they've been it and lived it and done it in the SEC or where, you know, Bill Bush has been everywhere. Whipple's been everywhere. So I think that'll help. And I think they'll get the guys ready. Now it's going to be key for Riola and the the fact that guys are taking to, to his new style is encouraging. You, you, you still don't and won't know because of the injury situation on your offensive line, so that's that's a question mark. That's that's fair. Uh, defensive line wise, though, man, that that is going to be so key because you're going kind of from the penthouse to a question mark with depth and being able to to rotate a ton of bodies. I look at Nebraska, and let's hear from Coach Dawson from yesterday a little bit, just what is happening with his defensive line and. There is a, a bunch of guys they've recruited, and I think Coach Dawson's a pretty good developer. We'll talk some D-line with, with Coach Kaz coming up in, in 10 minutes. But I think Dawson 
and, and what he's charged with here is is to get those inexperienced guys ready to go so they can at least be sometimes versus uh, all the time guys. And right now there there's a there's a slew of guys that need to be able to rap, rip off 25, 15, 25 snaps for you this fall and then grow that number. Case in point, Ty Robinson, I think, can be a really good football player this fall. He had his moments last year, but that was that was year one for him starting versus some spot duty. Casey Rogers has been really talented in spot duty. Both those guys are going to need to do it for a majority of snaps. They're going to need to, to, to transition and play at the level of a, of a D-boogie or a Stilly. That's where they got to take their game to from a consistency standpoint and be good. But here is Coach Dawson here on some of the inexperienced guys getting more time, more reps. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, it's always a, a good and a bad thing, right, where you have uh, guys that are maybe a little bit inexperienced um, but not a lot in numbers. So what ends up happening is they get a lot of reps. Um, now, they're, when they're out there an uh, extended period of time, they get more fatigued. So uh, for them as a player, I'm sure they'd like a little bit of, you know, not that they don't want the reps, but maybe get a blow in between a little bit more. But um, for me as a coach, number one, you get to get them more reps. You get to get to show them uh, themselves on film more. And also, uh, you like to find out how guys are going to perform when they are fatigued. And uh, it's a little harder than they want it to be, certainly. So uh, it's, been, it's been good that way. That's so big. Can can you play when you're tired, and can you can you stalemate when you're tired? You started to hear the uh, the, the next question, and, and one of these guys that's going to have to be a a really good sometimes guy, and maybe grow into an all the time guy from snaps and roll is uh, the polar bear, and and he is somebody that just you, you shake your head at and smile if you're a Nebraska fan because of of his mentality and his his skills and his brute strength. I mean, he's a dude you want anchoring, but you got to do it quite often. And look at look at look at D Boogie, right? Look at Daniels. Look at his progression career-wise. Look at at the the flashes you saw, but you didn't see him on the field as much. He kind of made a, did a makeover with his body, slimmed down, got better conditioning, and before that shoulder issue last year, he was nice, and he was a difference maker in the middle for Nebraska. That's what I'm talking about with sometimes guys and then all-the-time guys. Uh, Daniels turned into an all-the-time guy pre-injury. He made that transition. That's what we're talking about with some of the young pups, and it, it you can't fast-track guys on the line to scrimmage. Not often. But here is where the transition needs to happen for the polar bear. Key for Nash is to put all those numbers that he has. He can bench press this much and squat that much and power clean that much. All numbers that are off the charts. Now can you do all three of those movements at once and bring that over to the football field? Because really when you're playing football, yeah, are you doing that at some play, somewhere along the line in the game? Are you squatting? Yep. Are you power cleaning? Yep. Are you benching? Yes. Usually you're doing them all three at once. So for him, that's the big challenge. How is so habits are going to be good, and, and that's part of the guys that have more of a role and can thrive in a larger role than they previously had. Balance those two. 
Yeah, I had hair before spring ball started, yeah. Sam, and now it's all gone. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a fine line because the guys, they, they want to do well, right? No one wants to do well more than the guy that's out there, right? But uh, So it's not like they go out there and go, oh, you know what, on this play, I think I'm going to do the exact opposite of what he told me to do. Uh, but sometimes it looks like that, you know, and, and it feels like that as a coach. You're like, what in the world? How can you be doing that after this amount of time in practice? But uh, it's, it's all about habits. So um, how you um, make sure that they are all – attending class or all going to meals or all doing whatever it is that they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, that translates to me now when all of a sudden Chins calls something besides a base defense and we have to move to or away from a pressure, how do you know that they're going to do it? Well, this same guy has been to all of his classes. He goes to every meal and doesn't miss anything. Usually that guy does a good job of making sure that he doesn't miss an assignment. And the converse is true. Uh, all of a sudden a guy hasn't showed up uh, for a class or he's missed meals or he's a sometimes guy. When he goes out on the field, he's probably going to be a sometimes guy. Sometimes he makes a play and gets a rut, and sometimes he's in the wrong gap. So I think those translate, and just developing the habits and continuing to do that with these guys. And our guys do a really good job with it. Um, you know, and, and it's just got to be an all-the-time thing. So uh, we got to continue to make sure that it's not, hey, I did it nine times on the 10th one. Eh, it wasn't important enough to do. It's got to be 10 for 10 all the time. Got to finish up here real quick with Dawson here with the younger linemen and the development they need. Yeah, you look at the Big Ten linemen offensively, defensively, generally they're older guys that are playing. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's such a big, strong, physical league. So, uh, you know, for, for guys that are still kind of young in the process, you know, uh, you know Rukon and Marquise and um, Jalen, those guys, they got to continue to develop. They got to continue to get stronger. They got to take advantage of all the awesome stuff that we have here, right? We talk about what a great uh, strength staff we have, what a great nutrition staff we have, our training. Uh, guys in the training room are, 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 are the best there are. So uh, they have all those things at their disposal, and then they can't get bored of it. Got to keep doing it, and you got to. And then all of a sudden, you turn around and you go, "Oh, I got a lot stronger. I got a lot faster." You know, but it doesn't happen overnight. So uh, I think just not expecting the results right away, uh, and understanding that there's a process that you're going to have to go through to be able to compete in this uh, in this league. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski with us. Longtime coach at Iowa and Nebraska. Kaz, it's, it's not Friday yet, so brother, I haven't found my way to a bar, although I should. <laughs> We had uh, we had youth. Uh, I shouldn't say youth anymore. Uh, high school baseball last night, and it was blustery. It was cold. It was winter coats and stocking hats. Man, we're still trying to thaw out. Yeah, it's baseball. Uh, that's a tough sport up in the Midwest and the Northeast this time of year. So, yeah, you gotta be a you get, you gotta really like the game to uh, to get out there and do that. But. Uh, yeah, tough kids, aluminum bats, man. I always get them stingers on the hands, but whew, 
Yeah, it's not even the it's not even the cold. It's just that wind that wind bites you, especially that Midwest wind. But hell, man, credit to those guys being out there. Who uh, who who was playing? Junior Junior's playing third and shortstop. Uh, you talk about got to like the game. You got to like your kid to be uh, <laughs> to be out there trying to stay warm. Uh, a lot to to get to with uh, spring football, and this got brought up in, in yesterday's post media session. Kaz, uh, is, is there a guy, or uh, I don't know, a year maybe that uh, comes to your mind when you when you were coaching on the D line, uh, or even offensive line? Y- you get a kid, and you love his potential, and you love his strength, and you see the gains that a guy can make in the weight room, but getting that, that, that just brute strength in the weight room to translate on the field, is that difficult? Well, I think, you know, a big part of that is the type of guy goes back to, uh, goes back to uh, recruiting and, and how you evaluate. You know, when you're, when you're looking at guys uh, at all positions, but especially the, especially the D line and the O line, because, you know, you got your bigger bodies, you, you know, you got to see the hips, the ankles and the knees, you know, it, uh, um, if it was just about brute strength, you can go to, you go to gold's gym and recruit guys, but those guys can't bend. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta recruit athletes. So you're always looking from the waist down because it's all about transferring that power, the, uh, you know, it's that explosiveness. So it doesn't matter how strong you are in the weight room or, um, how athletic you are you got to be able to put it put it all together you know put that body on a string and you got to be able to do it uh when when somebody's trying to knock your block off but uh that, that's why you know young guys you got to get those reps after reps after reps but it's also it's also a progression i think a big part of that too is just teaching these guys how to how to play the game you know you get a lot of these kids they're obviously the most talented kid at their school talented cool kid in their city. And a lot of times one of the most talented kids in their state. And, um, you know, they can, they can get by with just athletic ability. So, you know, the big part of it, big part of it is teaching these guys how to play the game. Like that's, that stuff's not going to work against the, against the varsity. It's not going to work against Wisconsin, Ohio state, Michigan, Iowa. It's not going to work that way. So, and, um, you know, just having that progression and being able to transfer that, that uh, yeah, ground-based movement from the weight room onto uh, onto the game field. Rick Kaczynski is with us here on Varsity Radio. Guys, the uh, the challenge of playing young guys, you, you don't want to play young guys unless you're you're forced to. But is it is it strength? Is it understanding? Is it speed of the game? I know it's different for different kids, but it, from a general viewpoint, what's the biggest struggle for for young kids? Well, the, the the biggest struggle is the mental aspect of it. Just the whole, every, everything's new. Um, you know, when you when you have a kid come in as a freshman, even if they get there in the in the spring, it's 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 still new. They're taking classes. They're in the weight room. You know, everything's so regimented. Um, you know, you have to you're being told kind of when to eat, what you're going to eat. You know, a lot of times what you're going to wear. You, your your schedule is basically planned out for you, but everything everything's new and then just the uh, just the capacity of, of of learning what you what you have to intake and to to remember you know to get on that field so coaches can call their defense so um you know so they so they can trust you so the guy next to you can trust you but it, it's all of that Schmitty, you know and 
and just the stress of college life your first year, you know, taking classes, um, you know, having to having to study on your own, having to go to study hall, having to go to training table, having to, you know, learn the game plan, watching film. Yeah, it just takes a it takes a toll, and, and you see the the freshmen early on. It, it always catches up to them, man. There's always a, a long mid season or something. They every every guy hits a wall about that seven, eight, nine week, and uh, you know he's kind of got to pull them through. But I think you know just physically, the physical aspect, especially on the O and D line, is the is the big difference. You know, guys now. Um, you know, it's not like when we were coming up, I mean, you know, I played three sports guys don't do that anymore. They specialize, they play one sport They're, you know, they're doing seven on sevens or they're lifting. So physically guys are, are, are further ahead. I, I think it's taken some of the athleticism away from the game. I think it's taken a little bit of, I, I don't like a guy that's done playing in November and then doesn't compete again until next September. I don't think that's good. And I think, you know, the hand eye coordination and training the eyes and the muscle, you know, the eyes are muscle. You got to train that. And I think that's a big thing for young guys understanding, you know, where their eyes are, you know, where your eyes go, you know, seeing the big picture, anticipating things. Cause it's not like high school, especially on the O and D line. I mean, you're, you're playing big monster dudes that have been in the weight room that have been eaten, that have been in a lot of fist fights. So that that's the that's the hardest adjustment I think you know in in that interior where nowadays man you look at these backs and these receivers these just I mean these dudes are getting bigger and faster every year they might not play other sports but that's kind of that's kind of what they do the position in college other than the guys hitting you a little bit harder isn't much different than in high school you know the position the, the footwork. You know the speed, the getting off the line of scrimmage. That that stuff doesn't change. Where where it really changes is in the in the trenches. So you know if you're playing with young guys up front on either side of the ball, you know that's that's really not what you want to be. It's not where you want to be in a program unless you unless you just get some freak. And um, unfortunately, those guys are once in a lifetime guys that don't come along very often. Obviously. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Kaz. When it comes to to, to weight and and nutrition. You, you've dealt with a lot of big guys on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, any unique motivational tactics you had to, to get guys to slim down or stay away from, from uh, some garbage food-wise? Well, you know, you're constantly monitoring those guys. And, and uh, you know, the weight room has become so scientific. Uh, it's It's not like it was, you know, 40, 50 years ago, where you just kind of had a, another a coach in there that that, mm-hmm. that liked weights, that knew weights, and had his way of training guys. It, it's become so scientific and you know so techno- technologically advanced. Uh, you know, with the equipment, with uh, you know the cameras in there, the measure. You know, it's not just about uh, the weight; it's about how fast you move the weight, how efficiently you move the weight. So it's really, man, it's it's really come a long way. But uh, you know, those strength coaches, they they're on it because one, you don't want a guy to a guy to lose weight too fast and gain it too fast. You know, so you got to you got to do it the you got to do it the right way. Got to set goals. But uh, yeah, obviously, you know, guys aren't going to fool you, right? I mean, you got you can't. Uh, you're going to be, believe me, or your, your lion eyes guy comes in with a big belly, you know, tell you that he's not eating anything. We know he's, 
He's probably not telling us the truth. So it's a midnight pizza run, Kaz. It's a midnight (laughs) pizza run, brother. Yeah. But, you know, to be honest with you, when it came to that stuff, um, at all the programs that I was with, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to let the guys be be men. You know, at uh-huh. some point, you can't you can't babysit them. If if it's important to them, they're they're going to get it done. And um, you know, fortunately for me as a position coach, I I never had a guy that needed to put it on or needed to take it off that uh-huh. that that didn't because because the game was that important to them. They didn't want to miss out. You know, uh, I mean, you know, do you have to threaten guys every every once in a while? But, you know, we we had a guy one year that we told him. I mean, Bo, myself, and JP said, if hey, listen, man, if you're not this uh, by the end of summer, you know, you're not going to be in the 105. You know, and it was a kid that was playing significant amount amount of snaps for us, and he he got there. But we also knew he was going to get there. Sure. So you know, I, I'm kind of that school man. You know, if a guy's going to do it. You know, he's got to do it on his own, and that's going to show the importance of the game to him and his teammates. And if he doesn't, you, you didn't want to be playing with him. You didn't want to be playing with him anyway. So, so you know, I was, I was very fortunate. with the, Had some great strength coaches, obviously, you know, uh, Doyle Dobson and Pat Moore at, uh, at South Carolina. And, you know, Jerry Schmidt was my strength coach at uh, – at, uh, at at Notre Dame, when, you know, followed Scott Reardon. Yeah, I mean, so you, know, you had two Nebraska guys. Uh, and, you know, Schmitty's still doing it at Oklahoma with Dobson down there. So, you know, I, I was very, very, very fortunate to uh, to be around uh, great strength coaches uh, who, who did it, uh, who did it the right way, man. You know, I was, a, I was obviously a gainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, they did it right, man, you know, and they, they taught me about nutrition. They taught me that, you know, you can, you can be an offensive lineman without having to be a fat guy. You sure. know, did I look the way I wanted to? No, I wanted to fit in my, my tight end jeans, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I looked like a center. And then, you know, Schmitty was, Schmitty was a guy that, you know, showed you like, listen, man, you, you know, linemen are athletes. And uh, you know that was that was that was uh, that was a great thing for all of us, and that's how we viewed ourselves. So, uh, but now, man, it's so scientific. I mean, those guys—it's it's amazing what they do, and amazing what they get done, and it's actually—it's amazing what those guys are able to be fed. That's the one good thing. They're not a whole lot that the NCAA does good, but that's the one thing that they've allowed college programs to do is to feed their kids. So, uh, you know, when I was at Notre Dame, there wasn't a whole lot of whole lot of food, man. But uh, now, I mean, these kids, they get snacks, you know, they're, they're constantly and it right, rightfully so, you know, you weren't allowed to do it back then. So that's one good thing NCAA did there. So, and I know Nebraska, Nebraska takes advantage of that. They put a lot of money into that and that's uh, probably one of their better investments. Kazza, I want to go back to the old tight end jeans. Uh, were you a, were you a Levi's guy? Were you a guess? Uh, I would think back Bro, that in the Kaz era. Oh, that was, you, oh, Jabot. That was some Jabot days, man. That was some Jabot days, man. Things fit right. So, it was, yeah, yeah, man. You just, you just not a lucky guy out. or what? No lucky brand? I don't even, shoot, I didn't even know Lucky's existed then, bro. Man, I got to be honest with you. I had, uh, I had some hand-me-down Jabots from, uh, from another guy that moved positions. <laughs> that was about the same height as me. It had, uh, had yeah, just the standard. 
standard Levi's, man. That's that's about it, man. That you got to save your save your save your money up, man, to, to uh, get the Jabos yeah, back my, in the day. Had, yeah, had my K Swiss, man. You know, peg. We were still pegging when I got there. '93, man. That's kind of the end of the '92, '93, kind of the end of the pegs. But yeah, we were still we were still pegging the, the stonewashed jeans, man. Wearing the K Swiss. Like what you hear, high quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Okay, gold chain or no gold chain? <laughs> no, 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 no. Might have. Might have had a hearing. I don't think there's any pictures, but I'll, I'll, I'll say I did, but I might have. There might be some people accused me of having a hearing. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Uh, dangly yeah. or just a uh, little tiny no, stuff? No, no. No, no way, man. No way. No, nothing, nothing, nothing dangled from my ear, man. So, I can see you rolling no. into Coach Holtz's office with that dangly earring and, and then uh, leaving without yeah, you it. Couldn't, Hey man, back to you couldn't you couldn't have facial hair. This is deal. You, your hair couldn't be touching your collar. <laughs> you had to be clean shaved. You couldn't have any any facial hair below the bottom lip. So no goatees, nothing. So if you had a stash, it couldn't go below the the top lip. Man, had to be above the bottom lip. And uh, yeah, I think he he got on. I had some Elvis chops one time, and. Uh, the guys were telling me, the guys were making fun of me, and I kept my helmet on the whole time. He made me take it off. Oh, no. And then, uh, yeah, he told me I better be better have them shaved before I get on the plane. <laughs> Do you ask him why he's all shook up? I mean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's bad, Schmidt, right? Sorry, I, I just had to. Hey, not on a Tuesday, man. Not on a Tuesday. Not on a Tuesday. All right. We'll, 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 uh, we'll tip your waiters. Um, last thought. <laughs> the, uh, the projections are, are out per the athletic. And uh, in, in 2025, and this is with a, a 12-team playoff expansion. Okay, so that's the, the parameter. But the Big Ten is set to make $75.2 million per team in 2025. By 2029, Kaz, the Big Ten will exceed $101 million per team. The SEC, wow. by 2029, will be at 117. Point eight million, and a lot of that is because of the Texas, Oklahoma acquisition. What What do you do as a, as an athletic department if you got a hundred million bang every year per school in your league? Now you'll have jumps for the Big Twelve, you'll have jumps uh, for the for the Pac twelve, but they're going to get to you know what what the Big Ten and SEC are currently printing print, printing right now. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of that money that you know, that's the one thing about the Big Ten and uh that that's great about the Big Ten. You know, there there there's a reason why you 
you know, the Big Ten has the the academic reputation mm-hmm. that he had that it has. You know, a lot of that you know, a lot of that money goes for academics. It goes to specific departments. It's not all just going towards uh you know, towards towards athletics. So, you know, when the the Big Ten and the conferences were all set up for academic conferences. You know, that's what hey, we have these standards, you have these standards, and that's how the Big Ten started. So um, you know, obviously that's a, that's a lot of money, but it's still, gonna, in my opinion, it's going to go back. A lot of that money, you'll you'll see. I mean, what else can you do? How nice of a facility can you have? You know, they're feeding players, they're paying coaches. Um, you know, you got unbelievable facilities. So, you know, how else do you enhance it? So, I think I think a lot of it is going to go into the universities and in that type of in, in enhancement, right? So. I don't know how much, you know, directly that you'll see, you know, like what, what, how many sweatsuits can you give a kid, all that. And that's, and that's not what that type of money is intended for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also what it'll help you, it, it subsidizes the other sports that, uh, that, that aren't bringing in that revenue that helps you keep. I, I, what I would like to see them bring some sports back that they had to cut. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, they cut wrestling at, at, at Notre Dame when, when I was there as a freshman. And I, you know, I think they were a top five wrestling program at the time, you know, that, that killed it, man. And there's, there's been a lot of men's and women's sports that have been cut out over the year, especially over the years, especially Olympic, Olympic sports. So, you know, what I'd like to see, and, and hopefully that's, that's part of the discussion with that type of money is being able to fund some of those sports. Um, you know, football and, you know, some basketball programs, they, they, they have, uh, they're very fortunate to be self-sufficient, but a lot of these other, other programs that you have to have, and it's great for the college experience and it's what you want to have in college athletics. Uh, you know, you, you know, so you hope some of that money goes, goes to that, bringing those programs back. So I, I just don't know what else you can do. Uh, you know, how much more money you can dump in the football. Or uh, you know how do you how do you make it even better? You know you're making it better regardless, no matter no matter how much money you have. Um, so I think you know how how do you enhance the university? How do you enhance the other sports? What other sports can you bring back? I mean I think you got to look at it not just a football uh, aspect. I think you got to look at it as a whole athletic department aspect and and uh, you know athletic programs around the around the country. So you know let's bring let's bring back some. Bring back some other sports, man. Get some hockey going, man. That'd be fun. Get some Rick, hockey. Rick Kaczynski's with us. Kaz, who you got in the final? Is it Duke or Carolina? Uh, which one survives? Kansas, Villanova. Who's playing Monday? Oh, man, I tell you. You know, you had that. There's been some low-scoring games, man. <laughs> Big time. Um, and what's sad, it's not like it's great defense either. Just people haven't been shooting, shooting the ball very well, but... Man, and uh, Grant, Grant, it was against St. Peter's, and and uh, yeah, I'm, I wasn't one. I was rooting for St. Peter's. I was hoping they lose the whole time after they won that first one. So, <laughs> so I was, I was that guy. I don't want to see a blue blood in there. You, you, go, you go, were done with Cinderella. Home. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, I got tired of them. Yeah, I don't like all that stuff. Same thing with that guy. That guy. He's a good coach, I guess. But that guy, and he's a that Arkansas guy. It's nice to see them beat. Just, just you know, you win. Just you know, I, I don't like this Schmitty. This uh, you, when they start talking about what the media said and what everybody said, yeah. <laughs> I just don't like that. Just go play. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, everybody. I mean, that's all BS. It's like I think when they would say, 
Bo, uh, it, was, it was us against uh, every the world. <laughs> so I used to laugh at that stuff. It just reminds me of that stuff that sure. doesn't really exist. It's like the, the they. Well, who's who's they? So <laughs> it's nice to see the blue bloods in there. Uh, man, hard to. I mean, I respect the hell out of Duke. I mean, obviously, all these programs really like Villanova. I mean, but I, I don't know if a team. That's why I think it's going to be. It's really been a great tournament. Yeah, it's probably one of the better tournaments we've had in in a decade. Um, close games, competitive games, and uh, uh, man, I mean, when you look at you look at these teams, I, I don't. I mean, who stands out? You know, everybody everybody's got some warts, and it's it's really you know who's uh, it's handling those runs, man. You know, every every team's been been kind of close. I still Kansas. I don't, man. I mean, gosh. They're hot and cold, man. You know, they're hot and cold, kind of like UNC. Everybody's playing their best basketball at the right time. So, man, tell me who I'd go with, man. I'd I think sure. I think Duke probably gets a little revenge, and I think KU's got too much in transition. You think? Uh, I mean, no, I Nova, Nova makes it half court. They smother you, but I don't think they can get KU to half court as much as they'd like. Yeah, yeah, but they're going to they're gonna play, they're gonna play uh, good D. But, you know – you know, the, the thing, though, I like about these teams, um, man, their foul shooting percentage. Now, these dudes, man, these guys hit free throws. It's unbelievable. Man, Villanova, I think they, at one point there, I think, you know, uh, 14 of 14 um, in, the, in the final, in the uh, lead eight or whatever the yeah, hell they're calling way, They're now, way, way better than KU. KU's a kind yeah, of a I mean, they're like 82% or something like that as a team, so. Yeah, I just I, I'm just I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Villanova. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize look at in what the past six years or seven years they've been there three times. I mean, yeah. they they kind of quietly and maybe it's just because I don't follow it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of quietly been one of the best programs in the country the last seven eight years, with without a whole lot of people realizing it, or maybe it's just me. I live under a rock, but uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Villanova, man. We'll see. Guys, appreciate you, brother. That was fun. <laughs> All right, bud. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. See if Husker Baseball gets in. That'd be a big win for them. Uh, they need to get it going, man. Tough for them against Michigan on the heels, your in-state rival. And it's going to be interesting weather uh, this side of the state. We're going to put our meteorologist hat on here and uh, just make sure the car's in the garage. 
just for uh, precautionary reasons. Reminder to get buckled up using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So tomorrow on the show, we'll catch up with Mike Babcock, Mike Schuhart, NFL Draft Insider, Russ Landy. A lot of years in the front office with the Browns and the Rams. Get his take on some of the Nebraska prospects. What does this draft signify for him? And if you look at the first-round mocks, I mean, it's all rush ends, it's all edge guys, and all tackles. Uh, Kind of a weaker quarterback draft, bunch of wide receivers. We'll get Russ's take. We're we're a ways away from the end of April, clearly, when the NFL draft gets going. So Chicago recently had, or they're in line four, Connor, the NFL draft. Did they just have it? Uh, They they had a couple years. 2015, I believe, is the Okay, so pre-COVID, but they got it it rolling. I remember I went to the Saturday. Oh, did so you? The, the the last day, I think. But it was it was it's fun. It's, was that the uh, who did they get that year? That's still on the squad. Anybody? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody. No. That might have been like a Kevin White year. Okay. Or something who's, like that. Who's the the middle backer for from Georgia? Oh, Roquan Smith. Yeah, Roquan's. Money. He was 2018. Yeah, but he's still. Yeah, he's roaming still, the middle. He is a for your the Bears absolute stud. Yeah, he's he's nice. Uh, I know that he parted ways with with Khalil. Yeah, that, that hurt. <laughs> that hurt to say the least. Are you a Khalil Mack jersey owner? I am, unfortunately. Wider, wider, wider Navy. Navy. I got it as a Christmas gift, though. So no, that's okay. I'm that's, not, that's I'm not knocking you, but I just <laughs> you and Gregor's, and I mean, there's a lot of Coach Smith, Jeff Smith. I mean, you're all Bears fans, <laughs> but. Uh, hey, there's there's hope. We're all, oh, you forgot to throw the word depressed in front of Bears fans. But you're a Cub fan, and, and there, you can't – you've shaken off the, the goat. I mean, 2016's six years ago, but yeah. you still have that. Uh, who knows? There might be a new curse forming here pretty soon. Who knows? Yeah? <laughs> well, good enough. Good stuff. Connor Clark right there. Follow him on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Chris Schmidt, get the podcast. Uh, please subscribe to it. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, uh, and, uh, of course, Apple, iTunes for Hale Varsity Radio. A Huda Media Production.